You're listening to Courting in Color with your hosts, Shatrice and Louise. Hello and welcome back. <laughs> was that sexy? I don't know. Oh, that was very sexy. I love okay. it. Sexy Girl Summer. Hello and welcome back, Courting Cuties. I hope you like my sexy voice. <laughs> this is Shatrice. And what do I usually say? Wait, no, you know what? I don't know what I say. Welcome back to another episode of Courting in Color. <laughs> then you usually I'm say, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, thank you. I'm like, what is this opening? Okay. I tried to mix it up. That didn't work. Well, y'all, uh, uh, this is Sir Mix a Lot or Louise. Okay. Okay. I'm loving it. Um, and Louise, tell the cutie, tell me and the cuties what you've been up to. <laughs> no, I'm only going to tell you. The cuties will have to wait until <laughs> uh, some other time. Um, well, I just came back from Chicago. Oh, yeah. I think I alluded to in the last episode. Um, it was mm-hmm. really good. I drove 13 hours. It's like a 13 hour drive. Round? Um, no, there, 13 hours there and 13 hours back. <laughs> So it's a, you know, it's, it's a time we left at four in the morning. I know it's your favorite time of uh, time of day. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> just to be able to be um, home for the, I don't even want to call it a holiday weekend. Cause that gives it too much. Uh, the know. long weekend, the long weekend. The long I was home weekend. for the long weekend. This trip definitely had me thinking a lot about what is my role in a social friend group, a social circle oh, and yeah. a social friend group. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you what you think your role is, because I feel like what I excel in the most is bringing people together, but I, I can't entertain. Like I'm not a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm like not a you. You said I will get you there, but once you're there, you're on your own. I like in the friend group, I'm probably a little bit like the Miranda, right? Like I'm I'm there, I'm quiet, and like I'm there for a good time, but I'm not, I don't like all eyes on me. I can't, I don't know. I what what is your role in a friend group, do you think? Like what do you bring? I it it definitely depends on the people around, right? Because you know, I'm I'm a little bit of the friend, I I consider myself to be a little bit of the friend group chameleon, perhaps. And so when there's like a lot of strong personalities, and I'm like, okay, then I don't have to be the strong personality here. Oh, maybe that's it. I can, you know, back off a little bit, or if it's like, all right, like, are you bitches excited or what? Then it's like, okay, fine. Like I can (laughs) the hype woman of the group. Right. I can be the hype woman. But yeah, I feel like it depends so much on like who the other person is, right? Because I would say every time I come to your town, I feel like you're always like a, you always host me. Like, I feel like what you're saying. Well, but you that's different. But, but I think it's different when it's just like you and I, or like sure. you, me and like Bay. But I think like yeah. in a large group of, in a social gathering, like if I hosted a cook, if I hosted a cookout or a kickback, like mm-hmm. I'm not the one who's going to be in the center of the room, like the light on them, like telling the story, like I'll be in the backgrounds, like getting the food ready, like making sure people have drinks, <laughs> yes. like kind of almost that that caretaker role in that way mm-hmm. as opposed to like which the is social very glue. on brand with you as a human yes yeah so and as opposed that. to like the social glue because you know there are those people that you can invite and you know they're going to talk to anyone they will keep the energy up like they're very yes bad. and I'm just not that person but I've been thinking a lot okay. about that these last two trips where I'm like oh I think my role is logistics right like I'm <laughs> when you assign me for your birthday as what you call me time director I think I think like, you were like navigation specialist <laughs> navigation specialist like that that that's my role that I thrive in but if you were like Luis mm-hmm. like I couldn't like I don't know how like Haley 
does like game director. Like, like that would like be, that, yeah. she's such a wonderful <laughs> game host. I think about like other friends that I have, like my role is yes. definitely behind, my strength is behind the scenes. Louise, what you just shared reminded me of actually what I've been up to this past week. So for, um, in honor of Beyonce's favorite number, but in July, as in number four, um, okay. For that weekend, uh, me and Tam and her family and some other folks went out on the lake, which, you know, I love a good little lake moment oh, and stuff like yes. that. And so, so to what you're saying about like, who am I in the friend group? Like when I, <laughs> when I got on the boat, which is of course, like two hours later than I got, I was like, girl, how early do we have to be there? She's like, you can just come later. I was like, of course I will. So great. So of course they just like <laughs> Tamar the knew you. She knew. I was like, because they had it for six hours. I was like, I honestly don't know if I can handle six hours worth of oh, like, no. outdoors time. So um, so I got there at whatever time. And so then I like walked on the boat. And I was like, it just felt very quiet, which is not like Tamara, like. It's not like Tamara specifically, right? Like she's like going yeah. to the party. Meanwhile, I literally walk on this boat with my soda and rum. I'm like, okay, there's a party. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, the I didn't know auntie that just showed up. B-Y-O-B. Right. Like I literally was in full auntie mode, had the, you know, whole situation. Um, and so yeah, I definitely felt like I'm like, if we're gonna be out on the boat, like we need to be <laughs> like we're not just gonna be sailing in right. silence. Like that's not gonna happen. And I think. I mean, because we had hung out with that new employee before. Yeah. And They've so, been sitting in silence the whole time until you got like, there. I was like, what did y'all do before I got here? Like, I'm very confused. Uh, but I'm sure Tam was trying to, like, she was probably, she was probably in wife mode, maybe, of, like, getting, uh, making sure things are, like, in order. But then, of course, you know, we had a good time, which is all I expect, you know, with that group of folks. But no, it was a good time. Like the the teens got out of the boat. I was like, oh, y'all was serious. Like we. Oh, they swam like in the lake. Yes, I was like, ew. <laughs> okay. And like a couple. They're young. I think they're spry. They'll. They're so young. They're so you know willing to be more adventurous than me. But no, it was a good time. Then we went out to like the beach part of it. Um, and then the next day, I just went over and they cooked out, which. Of once again, of course, I was late, but I was like, Tam, that's your fault because you told me a time. So I was always going to be there a little bit later than that time. But then you pushed the time back. So then I pushed my time back. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, no, it was a time chilling with her and Felix getting all these mosquito bites. Um, But they I mean, they truly are one of my favorite couples and they're hilarious. They were telling me like all these stories and stuff like that. And I was like, I mean, they just had me dying. So it was a good weekend. Oh, let me tell you this one quick thing that also happened. (laughs) Very odd. Very Gen X. So, okay, And this was maybe right before the weekend. And so it was on my work phone, which, you know. If I'm not working, then I'm not on this phone. But anyway, so um, I get a text on the work phone that says, hi, is this Andrew? I'm Miranda. We texted on Coffee Meets Bagel last <gasps> time I went to visit my aunt, but we didn't meet in real Aww. life. I'm back in town right now. Oh. If you wanted to really meet up this time, comma, are you free? And I didn't see that for <laughs> Oh my god, poor what'd you say, Angela? Yeah, Miranda. 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 Poor Miranda. Um, I know. I was like, well, because at first I was like, do I 
I'm saying, ah, like, I don't know. So I was like, did you invite her to courting in color? <laughs> Let me tell you about my podcast. Sis. Um, so then oh, I was just like, oh my gosh, or whatever, whatever. Well, that's what I originally talked about. But then I was like, oh, this is going to sound like I am a- like Andrew. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, hi, no, this isn't Andy, but I hope you found him or her exclamation mark. Um, <gasps> Did she respond she- back? I always love to do yours, but okay. Which I'm always like, girl, that's where the whole conversation <laughs> should have ended. But okay. She said, oh my God, this is awful. All caps, LMAO, comma, comma. I'm like, what is this like punctuation? This is very Gen X punctuation. Um, she said, uh, I dare say he slipped me the wrong number. Ha ha. I choose to believe he typed it wrong. Winky face. <laughs> so, you know, my name. So, you know, my name and how I look. What's yours? So she sent me a picture of her. <laughs> Okay, work. <laughs> what oh, we- she's a cutie. Like, yeah, sure. She was like, nice to meet you. This is so crazy, but you seem kind of sweet. You are not a psycho, are you? <laughs> is this a tech spot? I'm very confused. Like, I just don't understand. I was like, girl. Did she just I'm pick a random set of numbers and start to is it <laughs> is it the is it the area code or is it like a weird area code that's a good question <laughs> you just um, hate the number it's, it's <laughs> this is miranda <laughs> <laughs> no it's not an area code i recognize so oh, okay. i guess andrew was in this area and she was oh that would make sense because she was saying that she was in town visiting her aunt uh, i was like sis thank you but no thank you <laughs> I was like, but I was like, seriously though, is this how Gen Z makes friends? Like they're so okay with like a digital like um existence and I guess like yeah. a virtual reality. I'm surprised they use okay. coffee meets bagel. I feel like that's a uh, not She's probably not gonna use it no more. <laughs> right. Oh well, Miranda, I hope you found Andy. Andrew. Yes, Andrew. yes. I- so what is one me moment that you've had in this past week in your past? Um, what did what did I hear somebody say on TikTok 15 days after Juneteenth? <laughs> Honestly, give myself a lot of grace. So my one year anniversary of my food blog is well, technically what will, will have already happened when this episode goes live. And I have sure. all these like ideas, plans, like I was going to do this and this and this and this. I'm just going to do like all these things. And then I got sick. And then that just put a damper on everything. And I think I talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. But I came back from vacation, came back from Chicago, and I was like, you know what? Like, it is okay. Like, I don't know if you said this or I said this, but I find myself saying this a lot. Like, none of us are performing life-saving surgery. Nothing mm-hmm. is super important with a deadline in that way. Like, things are flexible. Like, they don't yeah. have to happen. And the way that I want, I think how I just was selfish is to remind myself, like, it's okay. Things will be fine. Um... I guess <laughs> maybe one way that I was selfish specifically was when I made my to-go box from Tamara and Felix's <laughs> cookout. I was like, you know what? Because um, a couple of folks like had to cancel. I was like, I'll just take what they were going to eat and then I'll just pack that up. So, you know, all the heads that you had originally counted for are accounted for. Um, and so, yeah. Not you um, taking from her big ass family. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do all the things because a bitch don't have no food at home. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Not really. Like I've been taking it 
easy this week. And I, I've kind of been, you know, feeling like you were a couple of weeks ago of like, oh, like, how do I take it easy, but like also get the shit done. And so I was actually kind of glad I had some visitors last night because I was like, you know what? Okay. I've been saying I need to put this table together. So like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get up. I have some time before they get here and try to like put this table together. And so I'm like, I'm just trying to like, uh, I guess, I don't know, pace out my projects. Thank you. Um, so it would have been a couple of days ago when we recorded, and I'll just say last week from when this mm. episode airs, it was National Bikini Day, which I didn't even know was a thing. That's oh July my gosh. How did you find out? How did you find out about it? Child, was it TikTok, TikTok Insta? Somebody was um celebrating National Bikini Day, and I just so happened to have been posting vids and pics of me in bikini. So I, I just was say, you posted a whole video. Hashtag. Come on, hashtag. Yes. You say, I will be found. Yeah. Okay. I will be on the for you page for the them page for everybody. (laughs) That is the fucking call here. Um, So, yeah. So that was um, cute. And I was like, I'm actually kind of inspired to buy more swimwear because I was like, per the video that I made. Right. I was like, oh, yes, I have a decent amount of swimwear. But now I'm, I'm like getting all Chatrice about it. I'm like, oh, people have already seen me in the swimsuits. I need to buy more. Meanwhile, I'm like, I don't, I have the same (laughs) swimsuit from the last four years. You keep it, you keep it on brand. So it works. Um, But also we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I think. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were referencing like the most recent stuff, but um, again, I saw a bunch of people posting like me and then they would do like a video and it's like, well, I said, and then it was like VS and I was like VS. I was like, are we auditioning for verses? Like, I was like, I don't uh-huh. know what's happening. But they're talking about Victoria's Secret, like a lot because there's oh, a lot of plus size okay. women or plus size people even talking about Victoria's Secret and how they're like, sis, it's too light because apparently as of it may have been the top of the year, but I just saw an article because I think they were on Good Morning America recently, somebody, a creative director or something. And they're like, we're going to like be inclusive now. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, no, thank you. Like, they got Priyanka Chopra Jones. Yes. Okay. I, I like read this story a couple weeks ago. Yeah. 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 And I was like, and a whole bunch of other people, there's a trans woman. There's, I'm assuming they threw a black woman in there somewhere. Um, I guess Priyanka is supposed to be like the plus version, which she's very curvaceous for sure. Mm. But I'm like. Okay. That's like a Tyra um, Banks plus size when like Tyra was like right. caught like the curvaceous Kiss woman. My fat ass. <laughs> I think about that quote at least once a month. And she just was like, I think she like grabbed her derriere too. She was like, but she's kind of crying. So she was like, it was like, kiss my fat ass. Something like that. Something like that. And like every word she smacked her butt. It was yeah. it was amazing. I think she was doing like a bang. A bang yes. and like a, a bowl or like a what's called like a bang bowl situation. Can you imagine like being a standard plus size woman in the audience? Like, sis, bitch, you are still smaller <laughs> than me. Like, if you don't stop smacking your ass on oh this television, like what is happening? Uh, such an iconic moment from her. I I just I definitely remember the tears. <laughs> I'm like, oh, bitch, you just found out you was kind of sort of considered fat by somebody. Like, some of us have found that out, like, at the age of five. Some of us have known our whole lives. Right, we've known our whole lives. But I guess, I suppose, I suppose maybe if today was the first day that I realized I was fat, maybe I'd have feelings about it. I don't know. (laughs) Like, like if, like, today was the day. 
But wasn't this after she did the fat suit or was this? No, this was like tabloid press she was getting, right? think so okay, i forgot I about remember. the fat suit oh my gosh i love she went undercover as a fat woman yes when skinny people oh, decide okay. to go undercover. i mean this is truly a tangent so being at my parents house was different because they have amenities that i just don't have and vice versa so mm-hmm. like they don't have much of a cable package so mm-hmm. i was left to like my own devices in terms of watching tv so there's what did tubi. you find so there's tubi which is like a free tv and videos streaming app so i okay. watched season three of the simple life whole <laughs> richie and paris Hilton. yes okay and i let's focus maybe this is a slight shout out for the culture so the shout out for the culture okay. is slightish nicole richie so okay my question to you, to the world, is Nicole Richie Black? And let me quantify that question with a very interesting statement. So I first I watched um, <laughs> the first episode of season one, but then I was like, no, I want to watch the episode that Kesha is in before she became famous. Ah, they visit wait! Her, yeah, season three, episode Something like that. I can't remember, but it was, it wow. was really, so I was like, I want to watch season three. But anyway, so episode one, season one, the as they're like introducing the series, a season, what have you, the the um, you know the the narrator is like, oh, you know, here's two rich celebutants, blah blah blah, and then they say something about like hot white something and referencing both of them as white, and I oh. was like, wait, I thought Nicole Rich, no, not I thought I knew Nicole Richie was Lionel Richie's daughter, and I was like, I mean, I know she's not white, but she looks it. So then I looked into Nicole Richie's genealogy. Because of course I'm like. Wikipedia page. So I forgot that she was adopted. <laughs> I forgot she was adopted. That's I was I trying to remember. So she was okay. adopted, but her pa- she's basically like, I forget. It's, she's like Mexican, black, and Creole and white. And so she's very, she's very multiracial. Which Creole can be white as well. Yeah. So she's very multiracial and you can mm. look at her and she doesn't look, she doesn't look white. Like she definitely is right. a little but anyway all this to say that it was so fascinating to me that she was positioned as a white woman from the onset of the simple life and i, I need to go I back i believe that yeah it was very very interesting but anyway I, my question i guess in that was like is nicole richie black is she part of shout out for the culture <laughs> right. i don't whose I don't culture know. is she a part of well obviously i cannot answer that for her but i will say because i was like i thought she was adopted which i'm like how like interesting like uh i feel like just well no celebrities do be adopting babies i'm like i wonder what the story of that um adoption was like did Lionel Richie know her parents or was it truly well, just her Nicole Richie's biological father is like a singer is like a famous oh. singer I I didn't dig up into that and I'm sure it's somewhere but I was like oh this is very fascinating like because I think Nicole Richie and or not sorry Lionel Richie and his wife have like children Children. of theirs that that they made biological of their loins loins. (laughs) so yeah I don't it's very interesting anyway shout out to Nicole Richie shout out to um, reality TV back in the day. I was listening to another podcast the other day and they were talking about um, <laughs> the that show that was like, the I don't know if it was called The Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous. It was just like the fabulous. Oh, okay. Whatever. And they would go through their house and the British guy would be narrating and he'd be like, Beyonce and Jay-Z are worth $10 million. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> 
Cuties, I'm super excited to introduce our guest for today's episode. She is, I mean, just amazing. I love her so much. Like, I truly want her to always pour her wealth of knowledge on me. Okay, maybe I'm doing a lot. But anyway, so we're going to have on the show today, uh, dating certified dating expert and coach Demona Hoffman. Um, you may have heard of her from dates and mates and she actually got her start in, I don't know if it was reality. I think it was reality television. So she was like a TV producer and then like transitioned. So I'm interested to see if she brings that up. Um, but yeah, like I've been listening to her podcast for years now at this point I've written in on her pod to her podcast and she answered my question um so I was like oh okay she's like legit like she's a real that's what I knew (laughs) it was divine it was divine yes yes and she answered my question so she's agreed to come on and answer some of your questions some of our questions yeah and I'm really excited for Demona to answer our questions so we'll be right back with a certified dating coach Demona Hoffman All right, Courtney Cuties, we are back with our next guest of the season. Louise and I were over here freaking out a little bit before she hopped on because we were so excited. Um, but we're so happy to welcome the certified love guru, dating coach extraordinaire, Demona Hoffman. So Demona, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell the Courtney Cuties a little bit about yourself and how you became the love expert that you are today? Thank you. Yeah, I am certified as a dating coach specifically. I don't know about all the love guru and all that, but uh, (laughs) like unofficial titles that I have added on because I've been (laughs) doing this for over 15 years. I started out as a dating profile writer after meeting my husband online. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about the whole journey that led me to that point. But since that time, um, I've written literally thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of profiles. And I have coached, I, I became certified to coach people through the entire process of dating, not just writing the profile, but mm. how do you, how do you catch them and how do you keep them? <laughs> yes. Catching and keeping. <laughs> <laughs> I do that for a lot of different um, media outlets and publications. I write for the Washington Post and the LA Times. And I am the official love expert of the Drew Barrymore show and mm-hmm. of OK Cupid. And then I host oh, a podcast, which is my labor of love called Dates and Mates. And I've been doing that. We're coming up on nine seasons this fall. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. I think, so I was just telling Louise before we started, I was like, you know, the way that I have been able to find different dating experts and, and just folks is by just doing a trail of podcast shows. Like I think I, you were on maybe the dating den when I first discovered you. And I think I was listening to your podcast, which helped me discover Francesca Hoagie. So like, it's like just, I listen and I find more people. Yes. It's a nice web of love. So I I love that the the network of dating gurus out there know each other and y'all kind of get to publicize each other's work. So, you know, I, so this next segment is called Tales of a Tinderoni and me and Louise, it's one of our favorite segments on the show. And basically what we do is we reenact an interesting and truly, I mean, truly interesting conversations that we've had with people that we've courted. And I'm so excited to have you here to give us your professional opinion about either the red flags or what went wrong or what we need to do to improve so that we can catch and then keep them <laughs> or be caught and get kept because also it kind of goes that way as well. <laughs> so you ready, Louise? 
I'm ready. Friday, 9.25 p.m. A couple of weeks of texts and Tinderoni expressing his interest. You busy? Hey, I'm headed to bed. I just got to location and I'm pooped, but I'll be here all weekend if you want to go out, though. Okay, sounds like a plan. Shatrice sends iPhone heart emoji response. Saturday, 12 p.m. Hey, W-I-D. Hey, hey, wave emoji. Me and my friend, Louise, are doing a little shopping before this gala. What are you up to today? Nothing much. A week later. SMH. Question mark? Nothing. Okay. I just understand why this never goes anywhere because we don't even talk. Why didn't you just text me then? Upside down smiley face. No, you left me on red, hun. I can't make you talk, you know. <laughs> Put it in context, though. I've been out of town and your last text said you were doing nothing. What was I supposed to say in response to that? You got to give me something to work with, hun. It's okay, love. No worries. It's obviously it's obviously worries if you're putting the stank on my Sunday fun day, wouldn't you say? LOL. Smiley upside down smiley face. And this has been Tales of a Tenderoni. So Demona, what like just tell me your thoughts, all your thoughts. Because this, oh God, yes. Tell me your thoughts. You know this is my favorite thing to do, Shatrice. Yes, I really oh I love it. Because I realized a few years ago that I used to say texting is for information and not conversation. And uh, I still say you got to drive through the texts into the real in-person interaction. Mm -hmm. But I've had to embrace that texting is a necessary part of courtship and that everybody has to do their part for it to work and for you to get to that next step so there's a couple things here (laughs) okay (laughs) that have happened first of all don't we don't need to say pooped to (laughs) 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 a a tinderoni (laughs) different images we'll just swap out that word fair enough that's fair (laughs) i'm seeing a lot of of unfinished threads so Mm. Rather than the, you know, I just I'm heading to bed. I'll be here all weekend. If you want to go out, though, is very open ended. Right. OK. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like what I'll tell my clients is give somebody a window, say I'll be home okay. on Saturday or like I'll text you tomorrow. I'll text you tomorrow morning after I after I do my workout or I'll text you tomorrow after I get off of work. Um, like when people would go into an office to go to work or whatever. Yes, way back when. <laughs> Remember those days? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so putting some framework around the communication can really help to move it along. Okay. Um, obviously, yeah, he's not giving you nothing here. And like nothing much is a very lackluster response. Yes. I feel like a lot of moment, like there was no momentum created. And so mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. both got back what, what you would put into it and then you know he took it upon himself to then dump his feelings of why this keeps (laughs) happening it keeps happening because you're sending out these kind of texts but then to dump that on you as if that's your fault like this never goes anywhere right it never goes anywhere because you have to be an active participant 
exactly. So there's a lot of that's unsaid in between all of those messages. And then Mm -hmm. there's some data out that I don't have at my fingertips about leaving people on red and that, (laughs) that really it's an ego thing. And that, Mm -hmm. cause I truly didn't feel like, I I don't feel like I'm leaving you on red. If you literally said you weren't doing anything, I said I was doing stuff. And so I went to do my stuff and there wasn't anything else to respond to. And so to your point, it was very lackluster. And so that was really as much energy as I felt I could give to. I was like, Mm. I love, a you know, some witty, witty repartee, some like back and forth, a little, you know, zhuzh, and there just wasn't any. And I do think this is probably similar to how our texts were before. But I do like your point about giving them a window because this guy in particular, he was like, oh, like I would ask a question earlier kind of in the text exchanges. And he'd be like, well, it would be easy if I could call you. Can I call you right now? And I'm like, like, it's literally right. 8 a.m. Like I am at work. Like <laughs> you're lucky I text you. But I would say like, oh, you can call me later. But I would never like put a time mm-hmm. to it. And so I'm like, OK, that's something that's that going to change. Yeah, that's going to change your whole experience of it. Um, yeah, I always listening to the Dates and Mates podcast because I say <laughs> like you've got to get off off the text and and off the app to become a real person. Cause once you've talked yes. to them on the phone or you've done a, you know, a video, video chat with them or met in person, they're not just a name and, you know, a picture and a phone. They're real. I'm assuming exactly. this person was from a, Oh, from Tinder. Yeah. Or yes. From online. Tinder. And then oops, from TikTok because I forgot we matched on Tinder back in the day. <laughs> so I clearly find him attractive because I but from online, like you had from online, hadn't yes. actually met in real life. Right. Correct. So and so to me, he's not a real though. person. Right. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any advice though for so Louise and I kind of uh, call it like conversation killers, the people who give the one word answers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like what advice do you have for people who kind of text like that? Cause I don't know that it's always, well, I don't know. Is that a sign? Is that just a sign of disinterest or is it just like some people text like that? Am I advising the person receiving those texts or the person sending those texts? Sending them. Uh, the person sending them probably doesn't realize that they're doing it. And oh. they are like, look, there's a lot of people online on TikTok, on Tinder that are bored. We've all been yeah. bored this last year that are just looking for some entertainment. There isn't necessarily that um, the initiative to move the conversation forward. And yet they still sounds like this person felt hurt that they didn't feel it you were putting in enough or that, that mm-hmm. they were being seen by you. Right. Exactly. Uh, so it becomes this little, this cycle from the other perspective, a lot, I have a lot of tips that I give my clients on like now, like I said, the, t- the text message phase, I say, you got to avoid the texting trap because it can be a yes. trap if you get stuck down in it. Right. Yes. If Demona, you have yes. the techniques and the tools and the, and the tips to move yourself out of it, you can keep the momentum going. So just even by, by acknowledging, like you haven't asked me anything. So you could say it, but say it in a way like, well, I I'm wondering if, is there anything you're curious to know about me? Mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't said anything about myself. You know, don't you want to know my deep, dark secrets? Say it in a flirty <laughs> way. Yeah. yeah. Say it in a more yeah. flirty way, but trigger the response from them. Oh, wait, I haven't asked her anything. Oh, I haven't actually been putting that much into this conversation and it might no, inspire them that. to do more. 
I love that because on one of your recent-ish episodes, you were talking about um, the guys, I think you were talking about like just people getting too comfortable and it's like, well, hey, how was your day? Like it just, and it's just like every day, how was your day? How was your day? And it's like, but I don't like know you to like get into the details of how my actual day was. And so like, it was fine, but maybe we can talk about something that wasn't just like my literal day to day. Cause I guess, honestly, most of our days aren't that exciting. <laughs> right? I think cause, cause then I what, always, what happens when you get that response from the person? They're like, Oh, I had a really bad, somebody showed me that, that kind of text. I had a terrible day. You know, my boss was, was really a pain and I'm just feeling really down. And I'm like, don't Ooh. say that. <laughs> They didn't hide what they're asking you. They're not right. asking you how your day was. They just want you to say, great. How yeah. right? Because literally- in that moment, it's difficult to like saying I'm sorry doesn't feel like enough. And it feels a little dismissive, right? To be like, well, sorry, you're having a bad day where you yeah. might want to I- try to help the person in some way or offer some kind of advice. But if you don't know them, it's like I literally don't know your last name. Right. Like, I don't even know your last name. So I don't know how to, like, help you resolve your day troubles. But yes. Um, And so thank you, Demota, for giving us the full run play by play on our our tells here. I'm going to take what you've told me and I'm going to apply that to these daters because it's been a little, um, interesting headed into this hot vac summer as I know people call it because I'm like I really do think people are just trying to be out there and like Mm -hmm. have a good time and I kind of feel that a little bit too and so I'm like I wonder if that's why I feel a little more exhausted lately when it comes to being on the dating apps because I'm just like is anyone really here to find a long-term relationship like is this the time for us to be doing anything I always joke because I'm renovating my house that I'm dating my house and that really does get the priority of my time <laughs> well you know there's a there's a pie of how much time and energy you have and sometimes dating takes a big piece of that pie and sometimes you got to date your house for a little bit and that's what <laughs> needs your focus and that's okay I just encourage people to acknowledge what phase they're in and where their energy, because a lot of times people come to me and they'll be like, I really want to find a partner. I'm really invested in this. You know, let me hire you as a coach. And then I'm like, okay, here's your homework. Let's work on this this week. Come back to me next week. Tell me how it goes. And then the next week they're like, oh, I didn't do that thing. Well, I, I had to work and then this got put off and then I got, I couldn't, couldn't write the bio. Cause you know, this thing came up and it's like, well, where, where, are your priorities really Mm because you can say it's your priority but if you're not putting the effort in you're not you're not making it a priority and and you know the saying where attention goes energy flows so if you're putting your attention on your job because your job is what gives you that feeling of love i get accolades at my job i get money from my job i get maybe even, you know, friends or colleagues that I hang out with, I get a lot of my needs met from my job. So I keep giving more to it. And then when my boss gives me an extra project, I do it and they give it to me because they know that I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then suddenly mm-hmm. that pie for dating has gotten really, really thin. You know what? I think I have taken a big slice of home renovation pie <laughs> <laughs> lately. That's probably taken up lots of time. But that's okay. If, as long as you're acknowledging that. And what I'll yeah. even say to clients then, people think that I'm like, because I'm so bullish on dating apps, that I'm like all dating apps all the time. And sometimes people will write into the show and I'm just like, take a break. You need to take a break. 
you're not in the space where, cause it, I acknowledge it takes a lot of effort to be full on and move these conversations from definitely from swipe right to all the way to the date. And then, I mean, after that, I've been with my husband for, we've been married for 14 years. Like oh. it's, it's, it's constant. It takes constant focus. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't stop when you, once you catch him and keep him right. You have to yeah. to show up. So, Definitely. you know, you have to make sure that you're always looking at how your pie is being divided. But I do want to kind of talk with you guys about this, this, you know, hot back summer that we're in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I'm a lot of the data that we read. Um, I'm a data nerd, you know, and I work with OpenCupid. Yes. We're all about the data. A lot of the <laughs> data said that coming out of the pandemic, people were looking for a serious relationship. Oh. And that everybody had been working on themselves in the pandemic and they came mm -hmm. out with the clarity, like, I don't want to do the second pandemic, whatever that's going to come. Right. Sure. Like alone. alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I better, I better get booed up as soon as things open up. I, I kind of took a step back and was like, wait, I think <laughs> when people, first of all, it's happening in the summer when people are already not exactly. relationship focused. Right. I think exactly. we're going to be out here in these dating streets. Like, just happy that we can take masks off and you know speaking i don't know where all your audience is but i'm speaking very very u.s normative right now mm -hmm. because yeah. i know the pandemic is very different in a lot of other places but here we're just like it's over <laughs> let's Basically. hook up and so i think that that i don't know that people are dating with that kind of purpose and clarity even if they said a month ago that that's what they wanted Right. Exactly. And I, Louise, I don't know. What do you think? I think I would agree. I mean, just knowing our, our friends who are single or just even knowing where my time has been since things have opened up. Right. Like talking about that, that energy pie as I'll call it, like, you know, prior to the pandemic for 14, 16 months, it was just work home, my partner, and the cat. But now that <laughs> things have opened up, like now I'm also giving time to friends and I find myself exhausted. Like I cannot imagine if I was single, I'd want to go out. I'd want to see people like just for the excitement of wanting to see other other people. I think it'll be really interesting to see. I don't know if there's any statistics. It'll be interesting to see like divorce rates and separation rates in the next couple of months and to see mm -hmm. if what do people do with this clarity, right? Is it clarity that it's going to be the summertime? I'm just going to be out there. Is it clarity? I do want to be booed up. Is it clarity that I need to leave my partner? Like where, how will I mean, this, how will this opening up just change our relationships to each other? Well, yeah. of course there is some data out there. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> of course I know Look, it. Demona's here with the data. <laughs> So interestingly, I actually predicted that we were going to see a lot of divorces within the pandemic because, mm. uh, you know, I was looking, I like to look ahead and forecast and I was looking at what was happening in Wuhan where they were like, I don't know, three, three to four months ahead of us yeah. and coming out of their initial lockdown, there were a lot of people filing for divorce. It was something like mm. three times the the average for like their first month of lockdown. So I expected to see it in the United States and we didn't get it and it didn't happen here. But I feel like one, our lockdown lasted a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the idea of like moving in the middle of the pandemic, 
trying to reset your life, trying to meet somebody new when there was such fear of talking to anyone outside of your bubble, like literally Mm -hmm. talking to anyone outside of your bubble. I think that delayed it. So if I were a Mm -hmm. betting woman, (laughs) I would (laughs) I would bet that we are still going to see that, but it's just going to be delayed and be happening this summer and into the fall. I don't have the data on it, but that's my prediction. Uh, I am seeing there are people who rushed into partnership over the pandemic and got their like quarantine boo mm-hmm. because we needed to for safety. It's like, OK, I went yeah. on two dates with you and like, I don't know, I could die if <laughs> if either of us talks to anyone else. So I guess we should mm-hmm. just move in together, which yeah. is light speed. I'm a big fan of slow love. And that's mm-hmm. something that I advocate for with my clients, like really slow it down. Mm-hmm. And I just had a meeting with a client today and she's like, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, uh, you go too fast. Like <laughs> he's telling me that this person she thought was the one and she'd literally only known him for three or four months. And That's so, but I'm hearing this time and time again. So, you know, some of the people are really feel very bonded. Like I had a couple from who met on Bumble during the pandemic on the Dates and Mates podcast. Yes. And they, they got engaged um, within a year of meeting online or less than a year, actually. And they were saying it was the best relationship they had ever been in because they took they they could court in a different way and they could be mm-hmm. all in instead of seeing a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, I'm hearing a lot of people that rushed into these relationships and then suddenly realized they actually had nothing in common and they weren't really compatible. I feel like the pandemic, well, was here for many reasons and did many things for many people. Um, but one of the things was for us to all take a look at ourselves and really think about what it is that we want um, and what it is that we need and what it is that we'll, we'll put up with. Because I feel like in that same kind of vein of maybe we're about to start seeing more divorces. Um, I think people are about to start quitting jobs because they're like, I want to go and be free and work remote because I can do those things. Yeah. 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 And so I think that's, that piece is really interesting. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit um, because one of the reasons why I was like, you know, girl crushing on your podcast initially was because, you know, as a woman of color, it was so hard for me to find other women of color, voices of color um, in this like dating build an arena. And that's part of the reason why Louise and I started our podcast, not at all to be experts, just to tell stories. But, but I was like, I can't find any other women. So I was so excited when I found you and Monique Kelly and Spicy Madi, Francesca. And so I'm, I'm curious because I do personally believe that there's like an added layer to dating as a person of color, dating as a queer person, dating with different marginalized identities, disabled, et cetera. And what are your thoughts on that? And like the importance of like having our identities out there in this kind of dating industry. How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Here's my dissertation. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of is. It's becoming my life's work, even though I didn't Mm. intend to step into this. I actually wrote I wrote a piece for the Washington Post. Uh, I, I write for a column called Date Lab there. And I put up a video um, that my my publisher, I mean, my um, editor saw. And she was like, can you write a piece about this for the Washington Post? La- right, you know, last June. And I don't have to tell you what was going on then. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of kicked me into a, a, <laughs> a category of talking about racial preferences in dating and how 
for so long, I, I feel like people have been able to hide racial bias Well, we, for so long, period. People have been <laughs> people have been hiding behind racial bias and not Definitely. willing to examine that. But I on that note for the dating industry, I feel like a lot of people have enabled folks to continue to to hide behind that bias and not be willing to examine it and hide it under the guise of dating preference. Oh, that's just mm -hmm. my type. Oh, mm -hmm. I don't date black guys. Oh, I don't date Asian guys. No, no, no. Black women, they, you know, they're not, they're just not right for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not interested in everyone, you know, being uh, multiracial like me <laughs> <laughs> as much as it might sound that way, but I'm interested in people finding real partnership and connection. I think loving someone of another culture is the best way to to bridge understanding like no it's been shown that when people grow up just in a diverse neighborhood even if they don't even if they don't interact with someone of a different race or culture just seeing positive interactions in their community from people of another race makes them more tolerant and understanding so i'm just trying to do that and just say <laughs> what would happen if we examined these biases that that are so, they're not necessarily our fault but right. they are are deeply ingrained in the way that we live our lives our culture the way we speak and even our preferences and if we just opened up to be able to date race open mm -hmm. what how would that impact not only our dating life but our experience of the world overall no, I mean, you make so many great points. And Louise and I always joke because I, I'm what you may call very dating race closed. <laughs> like, I want black love. I want these things. But I always like kind of get into this phase. Like, you know what? Maybe this will be the year. This will be the time where I just kind of like broaden my parameters of who it is I'm going to date. And I honestly, Devona, I get like so nervous, oddly enough, when I like, tempt to date outside I guess this is outside of my norm right and I'm like I don't know like what am I gonna do with this person or whatever and I'm like I mean they're human so I'm gonna go on a date like I would any other person but I just get very in my head about it too so for the record I am also pro black love but I'm also pro all kinds of love and sure. I hosted a tv show called hashtag black love so I better be pro That's black right. love, right yes. um but I I actually wrote about this in the article, how that that is is part of our culture. Our negativity bias makes us it makes us fear the things that are unknown. And mm -hmm. we are we are predisposed to be attracted to things, you know, like attracts like. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that you have more of a connection because you are coming from a similar cultural understanding mm -hmm. that makes it easier to bond with some, someone. Exactly. I would argue that there are still so many differences, even in within a culture. Like, you know, we'll, we'll, a lot of people will group like Latinos. And like, yeah. obviously there's a lot of dip that, that is many countries, that is many yes. cultures. And even like we, we saw this within the Heights, like black, you know, black culture within Latino communities is a separate mm -hmm. subset that that mm -hmm. a lot of people like aren't aware of or don't acknowledge. So even just opening up to like, let's 
let's just see what's out there and let's understand because you're going to have different cultural rituals. Absolutely. Somebody else that you date, even if they are also black. Yeah. I would say, Chatrice, that there is also probably an inherent fear um, because of our current cultural landscape that oh, Demona, if you yes. opened up that you would be fetishized, that you would be discriminated against, that you wouldn't get the same kind of attention. You know, there's so much in there that is very yeah. real. I just want to yeah. acknowledge that you're Thank it's not you. in your head. But what can we all do to to shift it? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you validating that because I mean, I tell Louise this all the time. I'm like, I'm just waiting for, you know, this insert another race, but mostly I'm thinking about like white guys. I'm just thinking when you take me home to your like white family and your racist grandma wants to touch my hair, like that's kind of the, the, <laughs> the wormhole I go down in dating. And it's like, okay, let's just, like, who, whose family am I actually going to meet? But, you know, I just think like that makes such a family makes such a huge difference in, in how we date and how we interact with people. Cause I've, I've had friends who, you know, they weren't quote unquote racist or, and that's a whole nother thing, but like, you know, we were fr- like, we were truly friends. They, and I didn't feel fetishized in any kind of way, but they were like, oh yeah. Like my aunt hates black people. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and we were younger. And so like, there's less accountability that I would have expected from someone like who was a teenager, but like today I'd be like, so, you know, do you check her on that? Like, do you say like, mm-hmm. cause I do feel like you have a responsibility, non-racist, white person, non-racist, other person to say something if people are being problematic in your family. But I also acknowledge that family is tough and family is difficult. And you might not want to go head to head with a family member at every holiday dinner. I get it. I'm, you know, I'm similar in that way. So it gets tough. But that's why it's important to have allies. And my husband's white and <laughs> my hair has never been touched, but <laughs> it's oh, a thing God. that could happen. He's got but I remember being really afraid to meet his mom because I was like, mm. does she, does she know? Like, mm-hmm. am I going to show up? And she's like, oh. and for some reason, the way that he described them, I thought that they were much more like, you know, I don't know, upper crust and like, yeah, mm-hmm. would, they would be horrible. And she's so warm and so welcoming. And the thing is, he went to a very diverse elementary school Mm. and my his brother, their only other kid married an Indian woman. So clearly there's something in the secret sauce there of how they raised them that made them open to being able to just be in love for the sake of love. But I feel like you're not necessarily going to be able to change a prior generation. Sure. And I would appreciate, I mean, none of his family's ever said anything. Thank goodness. Although there are a couple that, you know, (laughs) I I wonder about, (laughs) but I would hope that he would be an advocate for me. Right. Really also with anything. Yeah. Like I was just talking to a client and she was saying like her, her partner that she broke up with, like, wasn't supporting her in her career and was like a little bit um intimidated by that and that's not okay like yeah what what, whether it's supporting your race or supporting your career or supporting whatever it is that you're doing that your partner needs to be your partner and 
we are going to continue to perpetuate stereotypes and limiting beliefs if we continue to live by them. And I know it takes a lot of courage and I know it's also not for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have people that come into my program. I had a woman who was Indian who said her relationship with her father was really, really important to her. And it had been damaged by her dating people outside of the Indian culture. And so for her, it was like, balls to the wall. I need to meet <laughs> a guy who is Indian. And I'm like, okay, then we develop our strategy around that. I'm a dating strategist. I like, okay, look at the okay. whole landscape of where, okay, who are you trying to meet? And then how do we go about the process of finding that person? Yes. Now, I'm going to ask the question, are you sure? Why do you believe this? Let's unpack this before mm-hmm. I pursue, pursue that, that avenue, because I feel like a lot of times we have ideas in our head that are just false. They've just been repeated so much that we've begun to believe them. I do want to get to a couple of questions from our listeners. Um, one of your one of your segments, that's one of my favorite segments on your show is Dear Demona, where you answer questions from listeners. You've answered a question from me before. It was, I was the Borona person. I was like, they're bored. It's Corona, like whatever. <laughs> so thank you so thank much. Thank you. Yes. Um, and so I want to hop into this first one, which is you kind of touched on when we were um, going over the tales. And so I'll just go ahead and ask and we can kind of circle back. And so how would you handle the, I want to meet in person sooner to get to know you, but they want to meet, or excuse me, they want to get to know me forever before meeting in person situation. So kind of what you were saying, right? You want to get off text. And I like, I, you say that I feel like a lot in your podcast. So that's really kind of been stuck in my head. Like just get off the text. Like we don't need to build a whole digital relationship, but like, but really I've been in this situation too. Like guys are like, well, I mean, I can't ask you out before I get to know you. And I'm like, Oh, well, okay. But like, what are we really getting to know? Time waster. Time waster. You make the rules of your dating life. So Mm. I literally have my clients like write a dating plan for themselves. Like what, what makes sense to you? How many dates do you need or how many phone conversations or video dates do you need to feel comfortable meeting someone in person? Mm -hmm. I have had to put a strict rule around this because, um, People don't seem to understand if if I give a vague, (laughs) vague rule of like when you feel comfortable, I now say one week. If that person hasn't moved to make to to move things to the next step, like a phone call, a video Mm -hmm. date after a week, that person is a time waster. So, wow. uh, Fight me. You can fight me. (laughs) But you you heard it here. Y'all can fight her, but we are not going to let y'all fight her because that. I'm like, ooh, okay, that is like a new challenge, like a week. But think about it. Think about how many people you talk to online, just texting, messaging Mm -hmm. on the app for more than a week that that you actually moved into a relationship with or had something meaningful with. (laughs) Yep. Right. And can I add an interesting perspective? And so Demona, you know, queer person of color, queer Latinx. And so I have experienced both like on the gay hookup dating apps and like Tinder, okay, Cupid. And so I don't know if you've heard this, like, I don't know if you see queer people as part of your clientele, but I tell Chatrice all the time, like the gay hookup apps really taught me, like I can secure things in 10 messages or less. I know what a person (laughs) is about because the gay hookup apps for game, for people who are seeking 
sex with men, you you can lock things down pretty quickly. And so for me, I'm like, a week seems easy because I at least could know after a day maybe of like messaging mm-hmm. your interest level to then feel comfortable enough to secure a date. Obviously, it's very different if you just want to hook up, right? Like, you'll, I'll also know that in a day, but to me, that makes sense. But that's like the perspective that I bring from like the gay hookup apps where people are just looking to secure something quickly or not. And then you also know which which avenue to pursue. You brought up so much that I want to unpack. Um, and yes, a, a lot of my listeners actually are queer. I've, I, I'm becoming gayer by the minute. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> Love it. I'm like starting Aren't to get we more all? and more. Well, you know, it's just like when you create a space that's inclusive and people know yeah. that like like you were saying, as a person of color to hear another to hear a woman of color giving dating advice and for my queer listeners to hear me answering questions from L- other LGBTQ plus listeners makes them realize like, oh, this is a safe space for me. Um, so you're exactly right. The speed is very different if you're kind of uh, if you're kind of hook up first. And I know, you know, from I don't have personal experience, but from what what my clients and listeners tell me for a lot of the a lot of specifically gay male daters, that's mm-hmm. sort of the entry point into yeah. the relationship. Yeah. It's not all this talking that you're doing, Shatrice, and like <laughs> getting to know them on an emotional level that comes Just after you see if you're compatible <laughs> right on the sexual right. level. So I say for my clients, it's if you're most people come to me when they are ready for a relationship, Um, because I say you don't need my help getting a hookup like you can find a hookup on Tinder and that's no problem. But if you want to actually build something meaningful, you might have to switch your strategy a little bit. So I say don't accept any date for the same day. So no same day dates and no waiting until after a week. To no dates, you know, past a week. Right. Well, I want to clarify it's moving to the next phase, which would be a phone call or a a video chat. Then after the video chat, really, you should do one and then set up the date. But same day date. Okay. That's a sure sign that that person is looking for a hookup. Mm-hmm. Even next I, day dates yeah. are OK, <laughs> but same day dates. That's like the writing is on the wall. Yes, I will say that's been my thing as a dater. I'm like the same day, like that just feels too fast for me. And I, I don't know. It just, it depends on how comfortable I am with the person. If I feel like we can like really expedite things or not, but I'm like the same day. I'm like, ah, like I didn't know you're, I literally didn't know you existed. Like when I woke up this morning, I don't know if I'm like ready to meet you or not. Um, but I, we, we did a couple of episodes ago uh, where Louise and also we found this really great article that we were uh, teaching me how to just do a casual hookup because I'm not good at them at all because I'm like, ah, like we need to kind of like get to know each other a little bit more. But, but how do you advise your daters, Demona, a to communicate that to the time wasters because a time waster, maybe they know they're wasting time. Maybe they don't, but do you tell them like, okay, we matched. You have a week to get me to the next phase. Go like, how do you, how are we supposed to say that? Let me make this really simple for you. Yes, please. You don't <laughs> owe anyone anything. Chatrice. These are strangers you're meeting on an app. You <laughs> owe them human decency Mm. Right. I can do that. Some (laughs) level of communication. And that's about it until you've actually, you know, developed Mm. a rapport 
with them. So you got to take ownership of getting what you want. Mm -hmm. And that means for a lot of women, especially that I coach, I encourage them to be leading the conversation. You should be initiating Mm. the first message. You Mm -hmm. should be driving when we're going to talk, when we're going to meet. Don't tell them like, oh yeah, I'm available all weekend. No, you're not. No, you have <laughs> usually not actually. Right. Exactly. You have plans. You have friends. You have a life. You have a job. You have you have a cat. I don't know if you have a cat. I know Louise has a I'm cat. allergic. But- Louise has a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you might be considering getting a pet there you and go. you can't be available all weekend, <laughs> but you can give them two windows and then mm-hmm. allow them to show up for for you. Like, like give that. them give them the benefit of the doubt, but don't get attached to the outcome. But yeah. girl, like yeah. a hookup is okay. Like, don't get me <laughs> wrong. I, I, because I coach so many people on relationships, I think some people misinterpret it as I'm anti hookup or anti sex mm-hmm. on the first date. I'm not anti sex on the first date. I'm not anti hookup. I'm just, I, I have the facts. If it's the exception and not the rule, if you're looking for a serious relationship, having sex on the first date greatly diminishes your chances. Mm-hmm. Could you do it. Could you be the exception? Sure. Yeah. But uh, not every person that you meet online is your soulmate. And sometimes, especially <laughs> after a lockdown of 15 <laughs> months or whatever, however long we've been in it, sometimes you just need to get it in and that's okay. But you can't <laughs> confuse, you can't catch feelings and then confuse, like, I'm going to try and turn this, like, you know, friends mm-hmm. and benefit hookup, you know, F boy situation into boyfriend material. That's where you're, it gets twisted. You're absolutely right. Okay. I love that, Demona. I feel very empowered right now. So, okay. Cuties, y'all are hearing it here. Um, I am going to take a little bit more control in the reins. And I, uh, like, we can get into a whole topic about gender roles and how it's like, if you, I feel like what I was taught growing up, like as a cis hetero woman was like, let the man take the lead, right? Like, let him do all the things because that's how you know he's interested, right? Like, if you take the lead, if you initiate things, then, like, you'll never know if he's truly interested, which that way of thinking is so problematic, but unlearning is so hard, so, like, and it takes time. Yeah. But but I definitely, I think that's just really great advice, and I know we're coming up close on time. So I'll do a kind of lighter question for you. So one of my favorite things about your podcast is that you find all, like, you love the data, and you find all these terms that are, like, used for dating and all these data things. So I'm curious, what's, like, your, your one of your favorite um, current dating terms right now that we should know about? Oh my gosh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> um, but in other words, like beard baiting. I remember that was like oh last yeah, year with baiting. guys with beards, which is real. Obviously, we know catfishing and ghosting and, and zombieing. And wait, 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 what's zombieing? It's basically when a it's basically when ghosting comes back from the grave and then they hit you oh. up and they didn't work out with somebody else, and then they're like, hey. How you doing? What do you want? I haven't talked to you in a long time. And you're like, wait, didn't you post me like six months ago? (laughs) Yeah, we've all been. That's iconic. I'm Um, I'm definitely I've been zombied and I think I'm zombied. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've all done it. There's uh, orbiting. There's orbiting. That's like when the person is sort of hanging out in maybe they they haven't made a move to to like talk to you or to actually ask you out, but then they start liking your post or maybe they even ghosted you, but then they 
seem to be it's like <gasps> commenting. Uh, that hit me. Yes, that <laughs> I have, have you, many. <laughs> have they been orbiting, Louise? <laughs> <laughs> no, not. You know, it's funny what happens once you get in a relationship. People just magically float away. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, I have had many in orbiters, typically multi-year <laughs> uh, orbiters. So That's it's so funny because it's so funny because I was just thinking about this guy who like I moved away from. I don't mind saying it. I moved away. I lived in St. Louis for a little bit and I moved away from St. Louis. And this guy like every couple months would like text me. I miss you. And I'm like, I miss you, too period like it now was it, it was like orbiting via text message because like he didn't have social media or whatever and I'm like I don't know why that example has been coming up in my brain but I'm that's for me that's my example of an orbiter like the person just literally would just be like I miss you how's it going or, I miss you I was like what like we, there was nothing <laughs> this it was very weird anyway but I love that orbiting I'm gonna definitely use it <laughs> it's a common common occurrence and especially I mean, man, I wish we had more time because I would I would yeah. really talk about gender roles, but uh, that's for another mm. show. It's and, for another show. And maybe we'll have you back on at I some would love point, to come back. Yes. I would love to come back. But oh my gosh, yes. also social media really adds a whole other layer that absolutely I feel like, you know, a lot of people are not talking about the impact mm -hmm. of social media on dating or yeah. the opportunity with social media and dating. Mm -hmm. You did this it. You did mention your TikTok boo. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok. So, well, that's a that. new one. And I was um, I was telling Louise a couple weeks ago, I was like, okay, I, and maybe this is like a little bit of part of my like hot girl summer kind of pledge. I'm like, if I see a guy that I'm attracted to, I'm just gonna try to get into the practice of like saying something. Like, you never know. Like, and it's okay if it doesn't go anywhere. And I really honestly more probably in those moments than like meeting someone on a dating app, I really don't have any expectations for it. I'm just like, I just want to get in the practice because we haven't been talking to strangers in months and months. And so I'm just like trying to build, you know, build all the inertia back up into kind of getting into this dating. So I'm definitely um, going to continue to do that and try not to orbit people as well. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to be guilty of that. <laughs> I think it's great that you give yourself dating goals. Like, you know, not everybody like it's the summertime We're we're not doing any programs until the fall. So because I know people are just out here like dipping their toe back in the water. So if you're listening and you're thinking, I kind of need help with dating, don't think that you need to to jump right into a program. You can create a program for yourself. Give yourself mm. accountability by telling a friend. I had a dating plan before I met my husband called Operation Date Nice Guys. And Aww. I listen to dates and I hear more about that. But I literally had this plan and I had my friends at work. I would check in with them. They'd be like, how's Operation DNG? And I had accountability <laughs> built in there because that's the one area in love we think it's supposed to just magically happen. And yet in today's world, nothing happens by chance. We do everything online. We do everything very deliberately. Everything is Im immediate gratification. So it really, really help if you can, you know, frame Put a framework around it in your brain and say this is my challenge for this week i'm going to just start talking to people smiling mm -hmm. maybe giving out some compliments and seeing what happens and then we yeah. could talk about a, a program and get yes. in the fall because i have seriously considered um joining all of the things that you offer because i'm like okay i do think i need some like help guidance like i feel like i 
I get only but so far. Like, I feel like it's like a job resume where it's like, oh, great. Like the resume got you in the door, but maybe the interview was where you were messing up. And so I'm like, I feel like my resume is kind of good, but like maybe in like this interview phase, I get a little turned around, a little topsy-turvy. So don't be surprised if you get a new client. <laughs> I would love, I would love to see you there. Uh, yes. involved. But in the meantime, I also have, I have a free dating profile starter kit. Yes. So people are always like, well, I tried online dating. It doesn't really work for me. Like, what am I doing wrong? Or why isn't my profile getting the matches? So I just created easy plug and play templates and with a video tutorial on how to choose the right pictures just to kind of get people started. That's all free on my website at datesandmates.com. So yes, well, give everybody the resources. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So where else can our listeners find you? Datesandmates.com. Obviously, Dates and Mates podcast. Who are you Definitely writing for this week? Podcast. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and I'm on all the socials at Demona Hoffman. So you mentioned the Dear Demona segment where I answer questions. I love hearing your questions and knowing what you're really going through and helping you work through it. So anybody listening now can DM me, even if you're not a Dates Mates listener yet, you can just DM <laughs> me your question, DM me a voice memo. I love hearing, like actually hearing people's voices. Oh. It kind of brings the whole question to life and then we can get you on track for love that way. Yes. Okay, cuties. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as me and Louise did because Demona's just here to get us on track in our love lives. And that's what we want to do this summer. Hot girl summer, maybe cold girl fall is when people will really start to date seriously. But look, <laughs> yes, maybe that might be another term. Um, but yes, thank you again, Demona, so much for joining us thank and dropping you. all of these gems. This has been so great. And we cannot wait to share this with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And as always, cuties, be sure to keep it cute and court with confidence. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Yay. Hey, courting cuties. Thanks for listening to another episode of Courting in Color. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Court in Color. That's C-O-U-R-T-N-C-O-L-O-R. Or head on over to our website at courtingincolor.com. That's courtingincolor.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Court dismissed. Bye. Bye.